Well, happy <coughs> Gaudete Sunday. It's what we call the third Sunday of Advent. Oh, also known as, you know, the Sunday of pink. I love this color. It's my favorite color next to black. I think, and I think women stole it from us. We got to take it back. Um, but anyway, today in the gospel, <clears throat> it says that John the Baptist is, is testifying about Jesus. He's talking about him, witnessing to him. And that's not just John's vocation. You know, John was called to prepare the way of the Lord. We're, we're all called. By baptism, you are a priest, prophet, and king. You participate in those things of Jesus. And the prophetic vocation is to testify to Jesus. To tell people about Jesus. And so the question I have for all of you is... Why should anyone follow him? Like, how would you answer that question? Like, what do you get out of it? Do you get anything? I think that that is a question that a lot of people are asking right now. Why should I follow Jesus? You know, you and I live in a world that is evangelizing like crazy. Problem is, they're just not evangelizing for Jesus. They're evangelizing for all types of stuff. You know, this new thing will bring you happiness. This new thing will bring you happiness. This will make you content. This will give you joy. But what do you get from following Jesus? So I want to start out with what you don't get. What you don't get is magically rescued from all the problems of the world. All the problems the rest of humanity faces, we have to face too. You don't get spared sickness, the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one. We are prone to everything that everyone in this world is prone to. We don't get a genie in a bottle who's at our beck and call that answers all of our wishes. And we already don't get much of this, but in the years ahead, we will probably not get any respect. In fact, we will be called bigots, ignorant, simple-minded, and downright stupid. Still want to be Catholic. So what do you get? I wish you could see your faces right now. I'll tell you what I get. Here's what I get. I get salvation. That's the first thing. Salvation from what? What does that mean? It means freedom and deliverance from hell, eternal damnation, Satan, and the power of sin. But for some of us, you know, death is a ways off. So maybe that doesn't really, like, grab our attention. We're young. So what I would say to a 15, 16, 22, 34-year-old person, why they should follow Jesus, I would say this. The word salvation comes from a Latin word, salus. And salus means health. And I would say this, following Jesus, like really following Him. I'm not talking about just coming to Sunday Mass. I'm talking about surrendering your life to Him. Following everything that he says. Being a true disciple. Everything that he is dictates who you are. That's what I'm talking about. If you do that, you will, you will gain health in three areas. Your mind, your choices, and your heart. So first, your mind. <clears throat> to follow Jesus and to really follow him, you will gain the gift of faith. 
You, what, and, and what is faith? Faith is a different way of seeing. It's a different way of knowing. It's looking at the world before you and saying, there's more than this. Even though I can't see it. It's a different way of seeing. I remember a buddy of mine, he, had a, he just recently had a conversion last year. And I said to him, I said, you know, what's it like now that you're really, lit, like you're really a Christian? Because before he was a Christian in name moment. He's like, Father, it's like my eyes have opened and I can see. He said, I was, a, I was asleep before. Now I'm awake. I see differently. That's what the gift of faith does for a person. A few years ago, I'll give you kind of an analogy that I thought of in my own life a few years ago. And just for the record, there's nothing wrong with me, right? There's plenty wrong with me, but it's not, nothing physically wrong with me. But a few years ago, I had an echocardiogram. I don't know if you've ever had one of those, uh, but when I went in, they just smeared gel on your chest and then used an ultrasound to look at your heart. And as they were doing it, I didn't really think much of it, and then I looked over and I was like, my heart! I could see my heart on a screen. You don't look thrilled enough. That's amazing. I mean, how many people have seen their heart in the history of the world? I mean, if you, if you here's the thing. In the history of the world, if you saw your heart, it's usually because somebody ripped it out of your chest and showed it to you before you died. <clears throat> now, I'm looking at my heart. And here's the thing, like, I know I have a heart. Maybe you don't think so, but I have a heart. I know it's there. I can hear it. I can feel it, but I've never seen it until that day. There are things in this world that we know. We can even feel it sometimes, but we can't see it. For the person with faith, this is an enchanted world. There's crazy stuff happening all over the place that other people can't see, don't know. For example, there are twice as many beings in this church than there are all of you. Because all of you have a guardian angel. And there might be more. I don't, this is the mass. This is heaven meets earth. There might be myriads of angels. It's a different way of seeing. I, re- I think I brought this up a, go- a-, a while back, but I just, it bears repeating. When my... When my mom died, <clears throat> I said to the doctor, I, I, I came out of that room because at that point, that's when, we, when I made the decision to say we're not doing anything else. Like that was, you know, and those of you that have done this, that, that's the end. And it's a terrible moment. But I went out and I talked to the doctor and I said, I don't know how people go through this without faith. How do you... Like, when I looked at my mother, who loved me, who cared for me, and there's nothing left of her. Her mind's gone. Her body's gone. Her health is gone. She doesn't even look like the woman I remember. And if I don't have faith to look at that and say, there's more. She's, that's a soul struggling to be released to the kingdom. And I will see her again. If I don't have that... My God, I don't know how you deal with that. And the doctor said to me, I said, I don't know how people deal with this if they don't have faith. And he looked at me and he said, they don't. I said, what do you mean? He said, they don't deal with it. They get in fights. 
They, grow, they have addictions to alcohol, to drugs. They get divorced. He's like, Father, I have seen so much in this hospital. Because people don't have faith. They don't know how to deal with death. And so, yeah, following Jesus gives me faith. And that changes your life. Because you see differently. And when you really start to see differently, you begin to choose differently. Your choices get healthier. When you don't have faith, when you're not following Christ, you don't make good choices. I will be the first one to stand up as a witness to this. I made terrible decisions. Terrible decisions. But when I met him, when I encountered him, and fell in love with the God who loved me, it changed everything. I began to make all types of different decisions. And they all made me feel better. So that's good too. You have health of your mind. And I'll tell you this. If you don't have health here, I don't care if you're a rock star athlete. If you don't have this, you got nothing. Did you know that there is, in the, 50, the past 50 years, there has been a massive decline in faith in Christianity. There has also been a five thousand percent increase of teen suicides five thousand percent in the last 50 years you're not going to tell me that's a correlation there because here's the deal folks if you don't have god you don't have meaning if god doesn't exist everything means nothing and that will lead to depression i promise you you know there's a great line in the chronicles of narnia I think it's the silver chair. And Puddle Glum, you know, the, he's the frog-looking thing. And he's always angry about everything. He's just a cynic, like, <laughs> through and through. But he, the witch is saying, she's like, Aslan isn't real. And they're under this potion, right? And the children are like, Aslan isn't real. And, and, and Narnia is not, Narnia's not real. And you've always lived here in, in darkness and doom. And, oh. and all of a sudden, Puddle Glum, for no reason at all, just steps on the fire where the ma- magic smoke is coming, burns his foot, and he says, you know what? You might be right. I've never been to Narnia. And I've never seen or met Aslan. But you know what? I like believing that he's real. I like believing that Narnia is real. Because it brings meaning to my life. You guys, once you understand and have the gift of faith and you start making good choices, then your heart begins to heal. And it becomes healthy and whole again. A priest friend of mine put it this way. A life lived apart from God is not only spiritually impoverished, It's intellectually bankrupt. It offers nothing for the ultimate desires of the human heart. It is simply an endless array of diversions and distractions aimed at my senses, which ultimately leave me bored. The truth is, God is the one supreme being alive, and to know him and to follow him and to invite him into your life is to experience the fullness of life so yeah, you know what? You know what, get, you know what? You know what you get from following Jesus? Fullness of life. You're fully alive. You're not dead. You're not asleep. You're not bored. 
Everything means something. But what many have done, what many have done, by not intentionally living their faith, for themselves and their children, they have stripped them of any sense of meaning. And that'll leave us empty, alone, and despairing. You are not alone. When you meet him, you will understand that you are loved. And not for something that you've done. Not for your accomplishments. Not because you're so dang good looking. Not because you're in shape. Not because you have a doctorate. You're just loved. And here's the best news of all. The worse you are, the more you're loved. You can't get away from him. We had an old Irish priest at the seminary at the North American College. His name was Father Paul Murray. Love this guy. He would always say to us, he was like, Father Murray, how you doing? And he'd shout back from across the, the courtyard. He's like, I'm wicked, but I'm loved. I love that. I'm wicked, but I'm loved. You can't get away from him. He comes crawling to us, begging for us. For what? Just to love him back. And you don't have to be perfect to love him. In fact, the more imperfect you are, the better you are. The more, the more set you are for divine love to break in. But you got to love him. And you got to work at it. And you got to be intentional. And be a real disciple. And let all of your choices be dictated by that. Then things will change. Then you'll have health of mind in your choices and in your heart. And then like John the Baptist, we won't need to testify about ourselves and how great we are. We'll be able to point to the one who changed everything. And just like John say, follow him. He's the one that made the difference. He's the one that changed everything.